0: Episode 142 of Eventually Super Train is dedicated to George the Dog, faithful companion, good friend of ten years. He left us a few days ago. We miss you, my friend. We miss you terribly. We'll see you further on up the road. Be good, stay cool, until we meet again. <music> welcome to episode 142 of eventually super train i am your main host dan it is a short-lived tv show podcast we cover short-lived tv shows and never got enough love eventually we will cover super train i was asked the other day when we would be covering super train and i responded with eventually and this episode as i said is dedicated to sweet georgie who's no longer with us uh you may hear some music playing in the background that's some of his favorite music he liked all kinds of stuff we got um uh, guided by Voices uh, spin-off, uh, uh, li- a band called Lifeguards, Waving at the Astronauts is the name of the album, playing in the background. You probably can't hear it, but if you do hear music rocking throughout uh, these links where it's just me, not counting the Gemini Man chat, uh, it's just playing that for Georgie. So in this episode, the first one proper of 2023, we had a couple mini covering a couple TV movies, but in this one, we are beginning with... Um, and we're, forgive me, we're all in, we are in the 70s for the first two, and then we go to the 80s for the third one. We're starting over with Lucan, episode one. Co host, the great Amanda Reyes, is back joining us. And then we go to episode one of Gemini Man, which many of you might know as the first half of Riding with Death, the trucking portion of riding with death Uh, it's an episode called smithereens and that's just me I'm just doing it um, myself I'm just covering Gemini Man myself and then we close out with episode 20 of Tales of the Gold Monkey Kristen Hawes aka Kiki writes his back and we are on the penultimate episode of that show I want us to dive right in I want us to have fun and I want us to start with some Lucan listen to this episode one, I actually discovered, I did not realize this, there are well, there's the pilot TV movie and then 11 episodes of Lucan and technically there are two seasons so much like uh, when Amanda joined us for Joni Love's Chachi, which technically had two seasons, the four episode tryout and then the 13 episodes before it went back to Happy Days, this one starts off after the TV movie, there's a seven episode tryout and it's it's scheduled very oddly And then there are four more episodes, um, which come April, May, June, July, August, September, October, whoa, like eight months later. So this is technically Season 1, Episode 1, Listen to the Heartbeat. This one aired September 12th, 1977. Written by Rick Edelston, Camilla Marchetta, Michael Zagor, directed by Peter Hunt. It's gonna be interesting, I hadn't quite noticed the scheduling of this show. Um, Wow, there's so well. I'll we'll get to the interesting scheduling of the show with the next episode. But the TV movie was May 22nd, 77. This first episode, it says, aired September 12th, 77. And it's listen to the heartbeat, like I said And basically Lucan meets up with a Soviet gymnast A young lady who is um, in some sort of trouble With other gymnasts or her coach or other Soviets And the police are involved And there's all kinds of craziness And Amanda and I go pretty in-depth and detail into it But it's about um, him helping this young lady Soviet gymnast out East meets West But in this case, West is a wolf boy Eh, East is a gymnast. Maybe that evens out. I don't know. But anyway, uh, Man and I get get very in-depth and detail into the episode right after this A little beat or two of music. Uh Bob. Lucan, listen to the heartbeat. This is the first regular episode of Lucan. Um, uh, 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 a friend of mine and I... Uh, a friend of mine and me? A friend of mine and thou did uh, we discussed the tv movie a little while ago but this is the first regular episode of this show uh and it's a uh, lucan is back and i'm i'm going to call him lucan at some time but it is Lou as in Luke Costello and can is in can of beer lu can is that right You now can, that i said that...
1: can yes that's right Lou- let's you, say you remember because <laughs> that's He's... how i got his name he said you can lucan and and lu can went lucan lucan yes, said, that's your yes. name
0: Yes, it's funny if they if they if they called him Bob, this would have been a show called Bob.
1: Yeah, but then the Bob Newhart show was already
0: probably on. Oh crap! S- Steve, the feral boy. Steve. Um. So we're gonna we're talking the first episode. <laughs> listen to the heartbeat, and I'm here with my friend Steve, Amanda. Steve, how are you?
1: <laughs> Steve's not gonna answer because he's not here. No! But Amanda is doing okay.
0: Oh. Uh, And here's the thing, everyone. Amanda's back, right? I mean, isn't this exciting? I'm excited. Uh, She was last year for Masquerade, which was a much more complicated show (laughs) than Luke had. So luckily, Luke had, I think you heard me do a plot description a moment ago. This is very straightforward. This ain't. 40 people doing 20 Oh, no, it's not even
1: like, there's not even like 10 people in the cast, I don't think. (laughs)
0: Thank God. This is literally, we could do the plot line in two, two or three sentences. Maybe I did. You know what? I forgot.
1: IMDb is Lucan falls for a Russian gymnast whose life is in danger. Boom.
0: Crap, that's just what I said in my (laughs) description. That's exactly
1: what it is, though, and that's the beauty of this.
0: That's exactly it. Um. So so so. Let's let's dive in. We we got we got your full story on what you thought of uh well, how you how you found this show and your thoughts on Wild Child and your your um your your child. I, I hear a lot of dogs barking in my neighborhood right now. I I, I was gonna say um I was gonna say, and your childhood as as raised as a feral child. But what did you think of this episode?
1: I like this episode. It's not my favorite. But it's probably the one I've seen the most because whenever I do projects that involve somebody with involved in Lucan, and that's happened more than you would believe, um, I always end up watching the pilot and this episode. And I liked it a lot more this time than I think the last time. But I think the last time I watched it, I just had it on because I felt like I needed it for reference and it just needed to be on. And I wasn't really paying attention to the story. But we kind of laid out some things in the pilot that I think carry through over here. And one is that even though the bad guy's not great, he's not awful. And so it's like it's like yes. there's more like it's a kid's show. So they're not going like full stop into like total villainy and um mm-hmm. and they're the characters are fairly well drawn out and they're and they're more compelling, I think, because of that. Mm-hmm. And also it's interesting to see a show in the middle of the Cold War about a Russian gymnast who's not necessarily trying to defect. Yes. Like, that's totally ignored. Like, at the end, it becomes a thing because she wants to stay for a Lucan. But, like, she she's a Russian gymnast, and that's her lot in life, and she's happy with it. Yeah. She's competitive. She enjoys the and, she's good. Yeah, she's, and she's good. Yeah, she's good at what she does. Stephanie Zimbalist was, was great casting because – a, I love her. I'll watch her in anything yes. anything. You put her in something, I'm going to sit and watch it. She's she's <laughs> incredibly beautiful. Um but she's mm-hmm. also like built like a gymnast. They had her in some yes. gym clothes and I was thinking, wow, she actually looks like a gymnast. Like that's really mm-hmm. good casting. Um and she she looks very athletic and they actually have this really great chase scene on top of a roof where you, she's doing some oh, of that stuff. Oh, that's a hell stuff. of a
0: scene. That some of the stunts yeah, on that are incredible. She's
1: doing some yeah. of that stuff on her own, and you like you can tell yes. that Stephanie Zimbalist and she was in great shape. And um, and I just thought she was it was such a great casting choice because this would have been very early in her career. I think the first thing I remember her from was uh, the Babysitter, which came out in 1980. So this predates that by a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And actually, we haven't talked about Kevin Brophy. This was really his first thing ever. He was discovered. Um, because he was in a play and I think it was called The Death of Jesse James or something like that and his picture appeared in he must have been going to school somewhere in California was it the California Institute of the Arts I'm I'm doing this off the top of my head and even though he wasn't the star of the play somehow or another the photographer took his photo and that's the photo that they chose to run in the article and he was spotted from this photo and called into whatever and and next thing you know he's in a pilot for a movie, so he had this very whirlwind, uh, fly by night. I don't want to say fly by night, but uh, what it? it was like a meteoric, whatever you want to call it like, like
0: it happened, yeah, whatever it was it was just
1: crazy, like skyrocket <laughs> to, yeah. to like starring on a TV series. And so, and it all happened just because his photo appeared somewhere, and people were like, Oh, he's really interesting, and, and let's call him in.
0: He's. May, may I ask real quick, what? What do you think, when you look at him? Do you go like, yeah? Is he? Is he kind of like your? Your? Uh, you? Uh, is it, he kind of your kind of guy? Well, or he's adorable.
1: He... But I'll tell okay. you, Kevin Brophy, for me is like at his apex in Hell Night. Okay. Like he's adorable in that. Like he's so good when he tells the he's... story about Garth Manor.
0: Yes, and he's in. He's in Time Walker with Ben Murphy. Oh, I was also. just watching he's...
1: that the other day. Isn't that funny? I he... love that movie.
0: He, he he's the one, isn't he the one they like steal the, Yes, he the, is. He's the, the lab um, assistant the, the, who, who yes. finds out that
1: there's those diamonds. Who causes the problems. Yeah. And, I and when, my... I,
0: when I see him in that, I think, is that Lucan? Yeah, he would never like, do
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard... He didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. Yeah, I put know. that movie on the other day because it's on Tubi and it's, fun. I, oh, I, it's, love, fun. it's I love, I love it movie. but also I fall asleep every time I watch it so it's a great go to Me bed too. movie. Me too. Yeah. It's
0: a great yeah, one. And I'm just
1: kind of like settling into it and there here comes Lucan and I was like, oh my God, I forgot. But uh, but he's he's got a lot of so Lucan the character <laughs> is a very specific personality and then the characters he played later on seem so different and the character he plays in Hell Knight is uh, Lucan seems to me like like almost like a god like i don't think of him like as like a like a boy or like a young man that's handsome or not but when i see him in hell night i see him as just a guy and i'm like oh he's really cute you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. when you're yeah, sure when yeah. in Luke
1: Hanna, he's just something different for me
0: he's he's a little bit about he's a little bit above yeah he's ethereal
1: of, yeah. like there's something really yeah. interesting about yes. him and, and i know he has a little unibrow but but i don't know that that's
0: real i think I th- I th- I, th- I always thought the moment you see the the unibrow, I think it's like werewolves have the yeah the werewolves have the unibrow too. So I thought it was if he's if he was raised with wolves, he'd have a yeah. I think that's just so like that a little little character
1: me. thing there. And uh, yeah, but uh, but I but I love him, and but in this to me, he's just something else and so like so like i'm watching it but i'm not thinking ooh, there's my crush or whatever i'm thinking <laughs> oh my god lucan is He's, the most amazing he, creature i've ever seen
0: yes yes okay i understood yes yeah, so but
1: <laughs> I but i love him and he is very handsome i mean there's no denying it he was a teen heartthrob for sure but um and i'm sure that when they saw his picture in the paper they saw that potential you know and they brought him in and it turned out he was perfect for the part you know uh, but um, and Stephanie Zimbalist is a perfect companion for him. And but what is interesting about this is is when you compare it to the pilot, is that I like him sort of being kind of asexual, and and in this episode I kind of forgot that there was a romance there, and I like it. And but what I like most about it is this idea that they've established that he's a virgin. She's a virgin too, you know. But like, but they've established this that he is kind of asexual. Like he's he's going into this world as a young man, but like it's sort of secondary because he was even shocked by the attraction he had to her and that they acted on it and that was something new to him. That was something nobody, for some reason, at the institute ever told him that there's this thing called sex and sexual attraction (laughs) and love and
0: because there's a scene where he's with a little lion. And he seems more invested yeah. in the lion than he does in her.
1: Yeah, but it know? turns out, you know, she's really cute. So he's like, "Hey, let's go for it!" And he, but he
0: let's have some kisses. Yeah,
1: but he's surprised by it. And they make this really sweet statement where he says, "I've never done anything like that," and she says, "I haven't either," which makes sense because gymnasts are treated like cattle. Like,
0: Especially, I think like the the Soviet. Yeah, cows one where I should say veal.
1: Yeah. Like they're put in a little box. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> exactly not probably To grow the, past yeah. a certain point and to stay this way, yeah. and then they become a commodity. And that's exactly what they they're doing with Tashi, who's Stephanie's symbolist, and yeah. and but it's this really sweet moment where they both establish that they're like twenty, and this is not mm. something that they've really encountered before. And I like that idea of it. And and so I'm like, if you're gonna give Lucan a love interest. I like the idea of keeping it really innocent. And I have to remember the two, this is mostly targeted, I would imagine, towards a young audience.
0: I think yeah, I never really thought about the audience for the show like this, but that kind
1: of makes sense. Yeah, me. I think I think so. So they kept it pretty innocent. Yeah. But but anyway, so it they handled it right. Because, because uh, to me he's like a Jesus character, and Jesus just don't do that. You yeah. know what I mean? That's
0: just <laughs> Jesus. Jesus ain't nothing. He's to not that. doing that. Mary, he and Mary Magdalene, they never. No, uh, they never gave. Maybe they did. No, I don't know. No, I didn't. You know, I actually don't know that much maybe. about the Bible, but I'm, i I, I'm just gonna... I know bits and pieces. I don't remember smooching. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna check my Bible. You keep talking. Wait, look at okay.
1: in the index under smooching and see if
0: it gives you just, a page. Well, they they have all of Jesus's words are in red. So I'll look for Smootie. <laughs>
1: Under Job, colon, whatever. That yeah. <laughs> is. So, hold on. And so, like, so like anyway, but it's a it's a very sweet romance, and they keep it at a certain level, which I like. And, um, and they treat everything very innocently, which makes sense that the bad guys wouldn't be that bad. So, like, you know when you're watching Leave it to Beaver, there's lots of shit happening in Springwood or wherever the show takes place. But we're watching everything happening through Beaver's point of view. And so, therefore, everything is really innocent. And there's actually – and I keep meaning to post it on my social media. There's actually a scene where Ward is reading a newspaper and the front headline says murder. Oh. And it's just a subtle a, thing. But Beaver would never see that because he that's not the point of view he has. Yeah. And, and so yeah. for Lucan, it's kind of the same thing.
0: So it's sort of. Yeah, my, my three sons are the same thing. Too. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's kind of this wow. idea of like this kind of untouched character, you know, and, and for kids' purposes. And I like it. I appreciate it. Um, and and I'm not, a, a, what do you call that? I'm not frigid or I can't even think of the words
0: we've never said Amanda was on this no. podcast. <laughs> I'm we sure do not have said the it. the creators of the podcast do not to discuss. Yeah,
1: me. I'm sure people have said it. But um but like um <laughs> I I'm not I can't think of what the word is and it's on the tip of my tongue and it's um, a basic word, but you know what I mean. I'm not like I'm fine with sex and Bridget, stuff
0: um um uh uh not asexual. Um um, uh, geez, prudish. Word? I'm not prudish. 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 Yeah, I'm
1: not prudish. You know, I used to have a column on erotic thrillers from the '90s. I love that stuff. Yeah.
0: But I also yeah. really
1: like there's art to making things really innocent and making it plausible too. And they did a great job on this series. It work, yeah. And um and so yeah, they have this really lovely relationship. And and <laughs> I like to the scale down version of Lucan's life. So he's he's working at this like zoo. And he's taking – I think that's what it is. And he's taking care of these animals, but he's got this room in the back of the office that he works yes. in, which is where all the animals stuff. I don't know what you call that, the whatever
0: right? – It's, a, nurse, it's nursery. a nursery for the baby animals. And, he's taking and care and of he, the baby animals. He,
1: there's nothing in there but a cot
0: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe like his bag of stuff. And
0: It's like the guy in Hide and Go Shriek. Randy? The guy who lives oh, in the furniture store, how to go straight.
1: <laughs> I can I got the job at Taco Bell. What does he say? I got the job at McDonald's. I got the job at Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, Randy's yeah. the only character I remember from that movie, um, and Rebecca <laughs> Jones because she's.
0: Oh, of course, course, yeah. But
1: um, so, and I also like when she goes. She's like, "You have to take me somewhere where they can't find me," and then he's yes. like, "Let's go to my place," and which are if this was any other show in the seventies.
0: Oh my gosh! They would have been. It would have been the threes company. Yeah, don't
1: come and knock when the nurseries are rocking. And so like, <laughs> Larry. Yeah, and so like, and she even goes and she she like puts her hand on the bed. And she tests the springs, and and mm-hmm. and he's at the other end at the door, and you can tell that he's nothing's going to happen.
0: It's quite it's quite lovely because he has that moment where he's he holds up the keys and said he hangs them on the light switch, which is very nice. And he says, "Here are the keys. Lock the door." I'm going away. You come out when you want to yeah. come out, which is sweet.
1: Yeah, so, like, so like, it's got this whole air about it that they've – but they've also established in, in this first episode, he's, he just doesn't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah.
0: But it t- turns out, though, that he likes kissing. He does like well, – he was know? surprised. What do, you know? what, do you, he, what do you know? He likes kissing. He, and, and the great thing when he kisses her is, like, I'm trying to remember the first time I kissed someone – who wasn't, uh, you know, a relative, you know, who I was asked to kiss. Someone who I was like, yeah, blah, 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 kind of thing. That's disgusting, um, man.
1: Don't ever do that
0: again. I'm sorry. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut that out of the episode <laughs> because I just grossed everyone out. My followers just dropped down to one. Um, but, but you know, the, the first, I remember the first kiss, and, and, and the first kiss was very, very specifically, like, I just – I tried to think of what people did in movies and TV and I just went like yeah and you know you just try to lean in and get the get your get get it ready and and that ki- that kind of looks like what they're doing Yeah it does like,
1: it does yeah
0: Like they're like like we don't quite know what we're doing and maybe, maybe um maybe um he I I I'd like to say that he's not like Lu- Lucan isn't like he saw some wolf's kiss or something like that. Um, but but like he saw a movie, maybe 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 him and Doctor Hoagland watched. I don't well, know. I think it was just na- natural. That was
1: just a it was just a natural it, thing that happened.
0: You know, it, it could be because they look at each other and then they just lean and they do the kiss and it's real sweet. And then there's a nice moment when they're in front of a fire, too. And, so romantic. Um, it's very romantic and. um then he takes her to a motel, and it's less romantic there because there are a bunch of jerks in the bedroom. Always check your bedroom when you go to a motel because there may be jerks in it. And sometimes Brian Dennehy is not a cop. I don't... Can I ask a question? So the scene where he gets grabbed by Brian Dennehy... Yes. Did you think... Was Brian Dennehy a cop? He
1: was, because he fake? kept saying... Was this this some kind of investing? Well, I, you know, this is a good question. I don't know. Maybe he was just telling him that. But he said there was like an investigation that they were yeah. doing. He was going to throw him in a cage. And what was so funny was he's like he's like, what do you mean cage? And uh, yes. and he's like I I don't think I would like that. And I'm like you were just in a cage.
0: Yes, we saw it in the previous one. Maybe he yeah maybe maybe they didn't tell him what he was going into. Maybe they just put him into it, and he was like, I don't know. what Yeah, maybe. It's, it's possible. Least. I
1: always think of the Zantac ads where he was standing outside people's <laughs> houses, and he's, like, looking in their windows, oh, yes. and it's terrifying because yeah. he's Brian Dennehy. And you're like, Zantac. Yeah. And and, <laughs> no, and he doesn't say anything else. He just take your freaking Zantac, or going to show up outside your house staring <laughs> at you. And I wonder why Zantac went out of business. You know what I Because he was scary.
0: Yeah, it's – it's well, I will say that – um. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Lucan gets away from Brian Dennehy as fast he as most of does.
1: us. does. Like, like, he, he away. just, what I love about that stunt is we don't see him leave the car. Like, all of a sudden, like, they the, We just the, see the flip. Well, We don't even, like, so what we see is we see Brian Dennehy in the car. And it's just mm-hmm. focused on Brian Dennehy. And, because they didn't want to have Lucan, like, they didn't want to film the part of him getting out of the car. Mm-hmm. So they just, and then they cut to the flip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> flip. It's
1: like amazing. And, and it's it's like weird it's
0: like he's the wind you know what i mean <laughs> exactly it's great because when we first see Brian Dennehy on the phone talking to his soviet employers they're at a certain corner then when lucan escapes they're on the phone at the same corner so it's like okay well we know there's a we know there's a telephone there so <laughs> let's go ahead
1: yeah
0: we we've got that so um so what else about this episode i i think i think it's quite a lovely episode i i I
1: like the advice i thought it was really interesting when so the whole thing is that she's like they're telling her so they're first they're trying to really hurt her and then this woman who's in the competing against her her husband's one of the trainers for all of them which is seems like a conflict of interest a little odd yeah yeah. but he (laughs) says to tashi he says why don't you just Fake a cold. I can, I've got medication here that will make it look like you have a fever and then you just don't show up and then she wins and then we can live really well because we deserve it and you don't for some reason. So, and yeah, Toshi,
0: fake influenza, yeah. he says. It's like, ooh, that's no
1: way. And Tashi's like, no, nope, that's not going to happen. So, so Lucan says to her, he says, you know, uh, what did he say? Something about winning and losing, but he said, but you always do the best you can and I like that about you.
0: Like, there's a that yeah that this is the it's the um it's the uh um the scene about competition right yeah where he discusses competition with her where he says I, I can't imagine getting involved in something where you know if if i won it would be so important or if i lost it wouldn't be you know it would be it's just survival right you wouldn't you you would it's a it's a really wonderful scene uh, when he's talking to her, and and there's some point in there where he's talking to her about how like, you know, you just you you know, it's not about competition; it's just about surviving, yeah, doing and, the best, and best being you can. Alive. And, and, and and being being your being your best,
1: yeah, showing up as your best self, and so
0: showing up as your, yeah, showing up as your best self. and she says to him something like, I think that, and and she's very competitive, which is. I mean, this was the time of the Cold War. This was the Soviets versus the Americans, and I mean, we're still all very competitive here, as you know. Because if Amanda says something I think is really funny, I edit it out,
1: <laughs> so you don't hear it. And thank God, so, I'm not funny because so, that helps. I'm
0: not that, funny. So, so, but, but that—that's one of the things is like, and the thing I love about this is I am, I am so uncompetitive. That's just my nature. I'm not a competitive yeah, I'm not really person. Either. So.
1: You know, yeah, at the so gym hear... they always tell me when we run I'm a pretty good runner and mm-hmm. um and I can usually that's one of the few things I can do in the gym where I can keep up with people. But like my coach <laughs> is always like, You you can't let Sarah beat you. But Sarah's like the wind. She's so fast. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, no, Sarah's gonna beat me and it's gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's and that's the, I that's the way looking it. is it's like I can't I, I can't imagine why it would it would cause you, you shame to lose to someone who's faster than you are.
1: That's what Lukein said they in are, the first are. episode, to to when the two guys were fighting, you know. He's like there's no shame yeah. that guy's just no bigger sh- and younger and and can move faster. So
0: and, and that that happens so, you know, it's it's a, and at the end of the at the end of the episode that guy was in charge because he He's, was a better fighter. Yes,
1: he was. So he, he he was able to move up properly because he deserved it, you know. And, yes, and and so, but in this one, he tells her because they go through this whole thing, and she's like, "I've got to compete. It's not in me to not do it." And then they have this great chasing that we talked about on the roof. But then, of course, she hurts her foot like at the very last part of
2: the thing. Oh, it's
1: the, yeah, thing. the ankle. And one thing, yeah, one thing yeah. I will say, Stephanie uh limp is really good. Like when she Shh. shows up to the competition, like it's it's a really nice subtle. My foot hurts, she, and I'm I'm totally yes. pushing down. The yes. pain. And yes. and um and he says to her, which is it harkens the title,
0: he I love it. Yeah, love listen
1: it. to your heartbeat and that will help you with the pain. And that's an actual like I don't recommend people with bad ankles just listen to their heartbeat and go on ten mile races. <laughs> but there is something to focusing on that to help you withstand like endurance that oh, is yes. really important and, and people still do it to this day. Like and also it made me think of Actually, a long time ago, you and I were on a Granville Van Dusen kick, and yes. we were doing the Bud Monster World Beyond pilot, yes. and I was talking about how Granville Van Dusen was in, well, like, a backdoor pilot for, on the Bionic Woman, and his character oh, yeah, yeah. was a meditator. If he could, like, lower his, I don't understand what the series was going to be like, but he could, he, could, <laughs> he could meditate himself to be almost dead, like his heartbeat would almost stop. Mm-hmm. And he was in such a relaxed state that people thought he was dead. And somehow that was a superpower. And and in real life, a young, I think it was a girl, took that to heart. And when she went through chemotherapy, she did this thing where she learned to meditate herself to, like, a complete calm state through therapy. And she went into remission. And she wrote to Lindsay Wagner about it. And Lindsay Wagner put it in her biography. And oh, wow. and so there is something to this idea of this uh-huh. focus that takes you out of the pain and, and the stress of your life, and and you can use that to your advantage to help you get through something really tough. And I was like, wow, this is such a great piece of advice, not just for, like, physical endurance, but for just your day-to-day fucking life, you know, getting like, yeah. your, your <laughs> office job that you hate or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's 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 gorgeous when he does because first off, one of the, the weird things about the episode is that most of the bad the, not the bad guys but most of the guys they send to 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 catch Stephanie Zimbalist are kind of fat
1: guys. Oh, yeah, that one guy, I was like, he's
0: so, not catching. Up so that bad. one guy in particular that Luca tries to take a picture of, it's like you sent John Candy to. <laughs> yes. to and, and if he if he would send John Candy, it would have been hilarious.
2: You At Lovey? this point, it's like he said James clarity? Coco or
0: something. Yeah, they sent a bunch of weird-ass people to to chase them. Um, I guess that, – is that meant to show like maybe the Soviets are running out of decent Maybe
1: they, Maybe it is meant to be guy. like shlumpy Russians are schlumpy yeah. and we're more powerful. I don't know. Maybe there's some yeah, subtle message weird, there. But,
0: uh, but the, the, the thing I love about it is I always loved – like the episode is called Listen to the Heartbeat. And you you see um a, a Tashi – and she's going to go out there and you know and the 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 chase on the i i think it's it's as good as the chase with the motorcycles in the pilot
1: movie yeah it's really good it's a
0: great it's a great chase and the roof and down some 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 fire escapes and they keep you keep thinking they're near the ground but they're not and they keep like, and there's one point where they like dive off, and they they dive off a story, and they they hit the ground, and they roll. Oh, I like and that was her. Do it again. They, yeah, and they do it again, and then they do that thing where they have to leap from one building to another, and it's just it's yeah. just so the, good. The Russians, you, of course, you, the Russians are like no. Yeah, that's the point. where The Russians are like we're not doing yeah, that.
1: They, one. You see the one you know, good kind of in shape Russian looks at the other Russian, and he just is like shakes his head, and he's like no.
0: No, this is the point, this is the point, we can, you know, if they ask, we can measure the space, and we can show no. And then she twists her ankle, and then then they're at that moment where she's about to go and perform, and it's great because um, I hadn't thought about the title of the episode the whole time, but the moment she turns to him and he says, well, we have, I have a thing I used to do, listen to your heart." So this is, um, the, so so I heard the listen to the heartbeat, and I was like, oh, I, I love the fact that the title of the and I this is just me that the title of the episode isn't it's not like um you know um they're after the gymnast you know or gymnast run away yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 specifically one moment listen to the heartbeat.
1: and then the heartbeat comes into play because she does it. And what's so weird is I don't know how she knew he was in the rafters because he sees Mikolos, right? Great yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he chases and he him. Rushes yeah, up and there. then she looks up and he's so there. Good. And then, and then you hear her heartbeat, and then the heartbeat kind of beats out the suspense where he's looking for Mikolos. and then he yes. finds him, and instead of attacking him, he. Quickly, like he thinks to do it, you can tell he's like figuring out what to do. He pulls the plug, so she, he's trying to put a spotlight on yes. her to distract her, and he, he's kind of successful. And then, and then Lucan pulls the plug on it, and that's it. There's there's no fight. It's just he he fixed it, and like he didn't have to get into a big fist fight over it. And it's amazing. You never mm-hmm. see TV shows that end like that.
0: It's, especially at this point because at, the, at this point in the 70s normally he would have leapt in there and there would have been a huge fight and the light would have gone up and down yeah, yeah, maybe and she would have been trying oh, to man. go and it would have been like a psychedelic light shining everywhere and this is very it's very it's it's really wonderful when he starts chasing him up in there and she sort of sees him chasing him up in there but she's going to do her she's own thing she listens to a heartbeat she listens to a heartbeat and, and I'm and I, I just, there, there's something about that when an episode of a, a TV show when they, they were churning out so many episodes of TV shows where they can do one where I see the title, I forget the title, and then more than three quarters of the way in, I hear the title, and it's sort of a blessed moment.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's important to the to the episode, and yeah. then and then we get to this really kind of painful ending where like she has to oh. go home and she wants to stay and he's like you have to go and this is that thing about family building like he could have this great affair love affair i don't want to really use that phrase because that's not what they are but like this beautiful relationship with this woman and and but he's he has to find his parents like they they take precedent over everything so he has to let go of like this his first great love and it's really hard I, I I'm sure it's hard it's, for both of them but it feels harder for her you know and it's really kind of yeah. tough to watch because she's like I'm, I'm gonna defect he's like you can't do that you know like she's she'll do anything and
0: he, yeah do you have to defect no
1: no you just said you have to get on that plane and and you're the person you are and this is what you do and this is what I need to do and
0: and you have a fa- you have a family too yeah. he says to her like and and it's just it's just absolutely heartbreaking. And the moment he says, "I love," when she says, "So I will just say this that the, the family he saw in the newspaper in the first in the in the TV movie were in Santa Barbara. He's still in L.A. Yeah. because the octopus is in the background of LAX. So he's at LAX. So he's about ninety miles away from Santa Barbara. And if he has nothing but the bag, he has." It's gonna take a few days. Yeah, I think
1: he has to um, save money doing these odd jobs and then yes. get as far as he can go and then save. It's it's incredible Hulk, you know.
0: Yeah, it's and, and I will say this: if his family's in Santa Barbara, that's a nice place. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that ain't that ain't a bad. That's a sweet it, ass it is place. A really nice place. But yeah. but but um but just the the thing where just this because this, earlier on she's talking to him and he's like she's like what's your name Lucan? Oh yeah. What, what's your full what's your full name? Well, I don't have any. Okay, well if you're not going to tell me your name, I'm not going to tell you yours. And he's well, I don't have any more name. And then she says her first name. Do you want to know but the rest of my name? He says, You tell me what you trust yeah. to tell me. And it becomes this gorgeous sort of back and forth between and, and, and Lucan is 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 literally he he well he's literally naive, but he's also Completely truthful, and she's expecting him to be like, "Oh, you don't know who I am? I'm I'm the gymnast. I'm Olga. I forget Tashi, what her name Tashi, was. Tashi. I can't remember her last name. Is it Tashi oh, or was,
1: something?
0: Oh, Tashi. I was going to say Olga. Who's who was the big um, uh, uh, Russian Olga? I don't know. Shit, I forget her name from the late seventies. Olga. I'll, I'll I'll put I'll I'll mention it at the end the Olga. Shit. Olga
1: well,
0: Shit is my the, favorite so, gymnast of all time. Olga, <laughs> Olga Shitt, uh that was one of my favorite uh, death metal albums from the <laughs> mid eighties. Is that Carcass? Um uh, oh, <laughs> That was Carcass, that was a slave, that was um I do not I d I don't I don't quite remember. I think that was maybe um Pig Destroyer. I'll have to look that up. But um uh, but um damn it, I can't remember her name. But um uh, she was the big um uh, Russian young uh a gymnast from the mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olga damn it, I thought every time I say Olga, I think I'll get the name. But it's um uh but but she's there and they're they are there and she won't say her name and she's she's meant to be a big thing and they're at the forum and he doesn't know who she is and the, just that final moment when what because earlier on she says like, oh from Mickey Spillane and and she says some American type things And at the end, she says a great moment where she says, you Americans, you always say goodbye. And what does she say? She says, um, until we meet again.
1: Something like that. I can't remember now.
0: Yeah, she says something like, she says, let's let's not say goodbye. Let's say until we meet again.
1: I hope they do. And
0: she says that that to uh, Lucan. And Lucan says, until we meet again. And he kisses her. And then and then he does something that I've done once in my life and I know how tough it is to do it because when I saw him do it I I remembered how tough it was when I did this. He says until we meet again and he immediately turns around and goes and doesn't look
1: back. That's right. Yeah, I love the way the episode ends.
0: And and yeah, and she goes on the thing and it's it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful and I, I think it's it's really and it's like if this is the perfect way to do a first episode of a show based off of a TV
1: movie, yeah, this so this show think. is something else. It's,
0: yeah, I, I can't. It's so sad I, I can't that it
1: didn't find it. its right audience and that they tried to, you know, mess around with the formula yeah. because it's kind of perfection. Yeah.
0: The, 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 I, I think it really does it beautifully here because you 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 are you you get as as, as much. The the great thing about it is like the bad and I'll put them in, in quotes guys the bad guys and gals and all the all the, the dumb the dumpy guys who chase them around they're never as important no. as as her and and he him and her as they are. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's that's what I like about the episode. It does that quite beautifully. You know, you can put you can put as big as mustache as you want in the bad guy, but he ain't gonna be as important as Lucan when he's saying his thing, as important as Tasha.
1: No, when she's no, I agree. Yeah, it's just it's such a good show.
0: Yeah. So what else? Do you have anything else on this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna have one more look at my notes. I don't I think, think I,
1: so. I think I don't want to get off on a tangent because we already covered the bad guy stuff. But also, I think Elena, the friend that she brings the note to, who's married to the trainer, she's also yeah. like she comes off like oh, he knows where Tashi is but you find out at the end she has no idea that her husband's like plotted to do all this stuff and and so yeah. like I, do, I just like that there's like these just everybody feels really human they all have these complicated kind of relationships and they have complications within themselves and and it's a really yeah. well written stuff and also this whole episode yeah. was written by a woman i wanted to point out who hasn't oh, done yeah. much um her name is uh, camille marchetta and um, she wrote the TV movie *Scruples*, which is a lot of fun. And she mostly did soap operas, and um, she was a producer as well. Oh yeah,
0: I know, I know that name. And she yeah, she was on *Dynasty*
1: and *Falcon Crest*. And yes, uh, this yes, is the okay. only episode mm-hmm. of *Lucan* she wrote, and except for a couple of other things, that's really the only non-soap thing she really did. And um, and I, I kind of like—I don't want to say that it's because a woman wrote it. But because she co-wrote mm. it with, the, I think the guy who created the show or, or the head writer. But, um, but I do think sometimes a woman's touch is important, and I think you can see it here. Yes,
0: there's something to the episode, kind of that uh, little, a little extra. I mean, I, I think uh, to me, I've oh, over the past six years, six, six and a half years, I've watched a lot of short-lived shows, and you watch a lot of shows that do their pilot. And then you see the first episode, and the first episode is a bit different. This one isn't that different from the the TV movie, but there are some differences. And this is kind of like a sweet, nicely done. Like, I want to see what happens yeah, next. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you that's that that's what you want from a show. You you don't want to get the first episode, you get to the end, and you go, okay. I'm good. This one, I'm like, okay, I want to see because it ends with the plane taking off, and and Lucan walking like on the center line on the street alongside LAX as the plane goes. And for some reason, I th- I thought there was a scene where like a truck full of bad guys tried to beat him up before it ended. I don't know where I thought that from, but um, but that's how it ends with him watching the plane take off and it goes, and you're like let's see where he goes next and uh i i think we know that he's not going to get where he needs to go by time we get to the end of what we're talking about but um i sometimes it is the journey yeah not the uh not not the um not not the destination so uh anything else on this one would you like to talk about crawling through um air uh, ventilation shafts
1: no i forgot they did that but yes they did <laughs> Always just big enough to fit. Two people. Always just
0: just the right yep. size. Just the right size.
1: Always works out for these
0: people. Uh, so, so do you have you don't have anything else on I don't this? think
1: so. I just think it's a really solid episode.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Um uh so where can we find you online or what's going on? It's it's the middle of February 2023 and I don't know where I am. No. But where are you? If
1: Twitter still exists. Um I'm at <laughs> Made for TV Mayhem. Uh, or you can follow me at me for TV Mayhem on Facebook or on Instagram at May for TV Mayhem. So just use that as your code word and um, I'll show up somewhere online.
0: Uh, so thank you so much. So next up, what is the it's next It's the search, episode? I think, I isn't it? Which oh, is one of okay, my yeah.
1: favorite episodes.
0: Oh my gosh! Now the search—you're you're right. Okay, yeah, I think I remember this one. I like like we said in the last one. Uh, this was on Warner Archive Instant. Right before Warner Archive Instant went away, so so I only watched a few of these. So I think I remember the search. The last one I seem to remember watching is something where he's.
1: A yeah, that's one with Stan Shaw. I think is the actor. Okay. That's one, not one of my favorites, but we'll talk about that when okay. we get there. But um, okay, but this we'll is this there. one, the search is one I really love.
0: Okay, awesome. So thank you so much, Amanda. And uh, next up, we've got a little bit of this. <laughs> Hey everyone it's dan welcome to discussion of episode one of gemini man you heard me talk in the uh, separate standalone episode about the uh, tv movie and now we are hopping and talking about the show uh the one hour show we're going to september 1976 specifically to september 23rd 1976 the french uh disc dvd i have it calls it la route infernal so I guess the Infernal Route or Infernal Route. Uh, but it's actually I guess it's called Smithereen's. And uh, it's uh written by Frank Telford, directed by Alan J. Levy, whose whose name crops up a lot at this time. And what I'm gonna do like I did last time is I'm going to read you my review from um some Polish American guy reviews things dot dot com, which I put up oh gosh, when was this posted? Some some time ago. June twenty ninth, two thousand fifteen if you can believe that. So I'm going to read this, and this contains plot information, and then I'm just going to add a little bit extra onto this. These Gemini Man, they won't, be, um, they won't be huge discussions as I kind of hit my main points in the reviews. So I wanted to bring these to light, as I said previously, and give you a little bit extra. So here we go. <clears throat> Gemini Man, as a weekly one-hour series, it begins with a strong episode involving trucking, Jim Stafford, evil scientists working inside intersect itself and not much use of the invisibility concept which is odd but these things happen dr hale works i'm i'm, I'm scanning through my i've got to, if you go on the site you there are a lot of great um a lot of great screenshots a lot of fun uh, um captions under the screenshots which i just jumped too far here ha <laughs> Ha ha, Dr. Hale works for Intersect. He's invented a fuel additive called tripolidine that triples vehicular mileage. The folks at Intersect need to get the additive down to the patent office in Long Beach from Los Angeles. They've got a military-laden convoy to take it there. But that's a ruse. Sam Casey, super cool guy, will be carrying the additive in a moving van with Dr. Hale and Tribaladine in the back. Unfortunately, Dr. Hale is a jerk. He's bilked Intersect for $10 million and has planted a, highly, planted a highly volatile chemical in the van. Dr. Hale gets himself out of the van and puts Abby in... After she discovers the plan. Will Sam blow up? Will Abby blow up? Will Jim Stafford as Buffalo Bill the Trucker sing one too many trucker songs over the CB radio? Can welding be done invisibly? All these questions and more will be answered, or maybe not. I added that. Okay, I added that. That wasn't really in there. Uh, What do we got? Uh, This episode was re-edited into the first half of the strange TV movie riding with death which featured on mystery science theater 3000 that's a funny episode smithereens is easy to pick on but it's really quite good it has a nice steady pace it reveals dr hale's plan calmly as an intertangles abby and the mischief sam drives on and on making friends with buffalo bills stopping some big rig hijackers then the brakes in the truck go out one can watch this on ms3 t3k and have a great time But it's great on its own. Sam is charming. At first, he's clearly relishing the trucking lifestyle and making friends with Buffalo. Then, as the intrigue builds, the hero side of him kicks in. I think the episode works so well because, unlike a lot of 1970 shows of this variety, the danger is not from outside and brought to Intersect. The danger comes from within. Dr. Hale is part of Intersect. He's using and abusing our main characters. That makes Sam, Abby, and Leonard's involvement in the story much stronger than in a normal episode of something like, say, The Rockford Files. Now, having seen... On a side, having seen all The Rockford Files all the way through at least twice and enjoying the great Blu-ray, I do know that... um, Jim does get himself involved, um, but 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 you can see he he's he starts out most of his cases as I don't know why I feel I have to explain this to you know what you know what I mean by that. Dr. Hale specifically works at Intersect and is doing something from the inside, whereas people go to Jim Rockford, usually hiring him as a detective, and he becomes generally very involved now. I would say for every three episodes like that, there's a fourth one that's different, where Jim somehow becomes involved in it on his own, but um, I stand by that choice. <laughs> um, uh, for the second Gemini Man adventure in a row, some bad guys involved intersect in chicanery and plan on blowing Sam up. To be honest, having the leads participate in this way rather than bringing in a whole world from outside is much more involving. Buffalo Bill is simply a nice addition. The odd thing about the episode is how little the invisibility is involved. The 15-minute limit never becomes an issue. At one point, he turns invisible to borrow some welding equipment. I'm not sure he needed to do that. Yes, the invisibility works when he's beating up the hijackers or stopping Dr. Hale in the end, but he kind of forgot to figure that element into the show. It reminds me of the first regular episode of The Magician with Bill Bixby. It's a great episode, filled with at least three awesome stunt sequences, but very little magic. Not sure what went on. Maybe an executive likes Sam, but not the invisibility. Eh. Nah. Buffalo Bill. He sings some songs. He gets in a fist fight. He helps out in the big truck stunt scene at the end. He's charming. Is he a hick? Sure he is. But he's fun. And he's a trucker. One might be able to tell that I'm a fan of trucking shows from this site. Uh, this was the site where I reviewed every single episode of BJ and the Bear. Along with a few Tie and Sheriff Lobo episodes. Boy, those were the days. Oh man, I want to one day I'm gonna do my um BJ verse uh podcasts and no it's not going to be what you think it is. BJ and the bear, Billy Joe, knock it off. What was I saying? One might be able to be that a fan of trucking shows on this site, So making this episode trucker based and putting in a real trucker you got me. I'm hooked. I would like to enjoy the trucking lifestyle with Bill and Sam and Abby. Thank you. Dr. Hale can hit the road. Watch Smithereens today. The thing I would like to add is uh, just filling in for those of you, if you don't remember from the first episode, the 15 minute thing is that Sam is told that if he stays invisible for more than 15 minutes, is it what? In a 24 hour period, he will just, his DNA will become too changed and he will never come back. Now that, as I said, that's not really an issue here. He turns Invisible briefly in the beginning to help fi- help Dr. Hale fight some turkeys who are trying to take his briefcase with the Tripolidine notes. He turns Invisible again. Um, let's see, when he's helping Buffalo fight the hijackers, he turns Invisible again to steal the welding equipment. Or to borrow it, and then he turns visible again at the end to, to in 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 the in the truck, and then to defeat Doctor Hale, and then the final wacky gag um, when he pretends like he's going to rob a bank, and so he's he's invisible for, I mean. I mean, he could be invisible for 15 minutes with all that goofing around. It's actually tough to tell, but the episode doesn't care, and I I take it into account that it's probably less than 15 minutes um, since they don't mention it. But it is weird that they they don't mention it. I mean, it's the first... like, Like I said, it's strange in the Magician episode, too. He barely does any magic in that episode. It's a fun, exciting episode. It isn't until you get to the end that you think, where was the magic? Why didn't he do any magic? And in this one, it's like, he barely turned invisible. He turned invisible, like, at the very end, but this isn't the Hulk, you know, where he only becomes the, you know, the Hulk like once or twice an episode. You know, he can turn invisible the whole time. It's not it's it's an episode that doesn't even look like it was made for a show about invisibility. There's nothing in it that where he really needs to be invisible. Uh, I mean, I, I guess there are a couple moments like when he vanishes. I mean, I, I think it's just 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 weirder and, and confusing. Like like when he's when he's driving the truck into the middle of the big empty space, and um, the bad guys are trying to shoot at him, and then he turns invisible, so they stop shooting. Like where'd he go? What's going on? What's happening? So I, I suppose that works. And when he grabs the gun out of the guy's hand and 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 turns visible, beats him up, turns visible and stuff like that. I, I suppose it works, but it it's very very little invisibility it's, it's 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 a strange episode to open on i'm i'm hoping that the next one will use the invisibility more the problem with it is that um it doesn't it doesn't use the premise but it's a really good episode like that episode of the magician it's it's an exciting episode it's a fun episode if you like trucking stuff and it's not all do i do um, if you like trucking stuff, this is a fun episode because it goes right in. I mean, I I didn't take down the time on it, but I would say maybe I'll I'll, I'll look again and mention it at the end of the episode. But it's, it's got to be like like the episode is about forty eight minutes on the French DVD, and this is PAL adjusted, so it's probably like fifty minutes if it had been a Region One uh, DVD, DVD. And he's in he's in the truck traveling by. Within within ten minutes, you know, it, it there's not a lot of goofing around. You know, it starts right off with Doctor Hale being attacked. We learn what's going on. We're told what's happening, and then boom, Sam. I I would bet it's more like eight minutes when he's in the truck, and that's fast movie. I like that. It doesn't. It isn't something where it, like, you know, all right, Sam, and you know, we're gonna we'll be starting the thing tomorrow, and then him and Abby talk for a bit, and then you get to see him the next day thinking. Boy, tomorrow's gonna be a tough day on that truck. And seeing see the bad guys doing some more stuff or junk like that. No, it just hops right to it and it goes right to it. And in fact, I'm used to watching this more, possibly the "Riding with Death" MST TV movie version, which uh, the version I have, of course, they interrupt with commercials, and there are a few minutes that they cut out of it, and um, you know, as, as they as they do on that show, and and so so it um, it feels uh, it feels quick. On Riding with Death But it also feels pretty quick here too Even though, I mean even though he's he's in the He's in the truck for, you know In a 40, 48 minute episode, he's in the truck for you know what? For forty about forty minutes of it traveling, it's it, it works out pretty well. And there's enough there's enough incident. You know, with with the first meeting with Buffalo Bill, and then the hijackers, and then the truck stunts, and then Carl cutting the brakes, and then um Abby going to the warehouse where they've got it set to burn, and and putting Abby in the sack, and then stopping at the at the, the place where they keep bringing sacks in and out of the truck and stuff, like that. and Abby making that little that little harness thing with the Tripolidine in it. And, I mean, if you've watched Running with Death enough, you're probably going to, and you're going to say some lines. Well, there's a lot of bags, there's a lot of bag changing going on here. Well,. You're you're the movers, so or I forget. I forget what he said. Well, I'll leave it up to you. I don't get the seventies. You know, it, 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 there's just a lot of great jokes, and and I do disagree with Crow when he says that like car chase stuff or this is the drum solo of TV shows or action movies or whatever? No, no, no. A good car chase is exciting, and I think they do a nice job with that trucking sequence. Um, it's it's pretty it's a pretty easy simple trucking sequence, but I think it I think it works, and I think it's fun. Um. What else? Uh. Yeah. My my main things with it. Yeah. Is our where's the invisibility? It's nice to have the evil come from inside rather than outside. I, I like that. Although that does make intersect look really weird. If the, if the two times we're seeing them, it's like. You know they're they're not actually going out and like getting clients and helping clients. They're they're taking care of their own problems, so they're gonna have to get some clients eventually. And uh, I just I like the pacing of it. I like that we're we're in there real quick and we get we get. Pl- I mean, if you like the trucker, you get plenty of it in this, and it's fun. And I like Buffalo Bill. Like I said, yeah, he is a hick, but he's a lot of fun to watch. And if you've only seen this through the uh, MST, the Riding with Death version, there is another song. I I don't I've never seen Riding with Death without. Uh, MST on it. It's not like say like Voyagers of the Unknown. That that Voyagers VHS two episode collection that Amy the Conqueror and I reviewed so so long ago. Oh my gosh, when did we review that? That would have been episode thirty two or thirty three. Heck, over hundred episodes ago. And uh, Riding with Death is sort of like that. They took two. They took the the first episode and the tenth episode where Buffalo Bill returns, and they edited them together. And one of the things they do with the writing with Death is... Is and you keep expecting it to happen here. Is when they cut to Sam, there's a, just the shot of like Sam sitting in the cab, in the, a cab and, the, and the, the camera's looking through the window at him. And you can see like the rear screen projection of the, the the it doesn't look real. Of you see the rear screen projection of like the hills and the mountains and everything go by in the background, but they keep in the in the riding with death, they keep going, Abby's a great gal, and they keep cutting to scenes from the TV movie to kind of fill people in on what's going on. And there's also that weird thing. In Riding with Death, where it claims that Riding with Death takes place in the future. But I think we will talk about Riding with Death separately when we get to the end of the eleven episodes. So, so I won't go I won't go too in depth uh, until then, but this is one of the two episodes that's in there. So most of it's in in there and it, it makes sense. And it's it's still fun to watch, and and um, you get some Andrew Pryne action. He's always fun to watch. And, and uh I do love that moment when Abby like is at the back of the like jumps off the back of the truck when it starts going, and then she runs alongside it and leaps up into the cab, onto the side, uh, the door where the cab is, where Sam is. That's a nice, that's a nice stunt run, is what that is. Nice and nice and fast. I like that. A lot of great moments in this. A lot of fun. If you like, I said, and I'll I'll stop here. Um If you like trucking. And you're just like kind of traveling. This is fun. The, the story's put together well, and it's handled well. And yes, if you've seen Running with Death on MST, you're gonna be coming up with uh, my patent papers are at a slight incline, Sam. Uh, you you're gonna you're gonna hear all that. Aber and and um, oh, isn't it funny when a girl tries to do things? You're just gonna... <laughs> no way. Only curds. Uh... <laughs> Fade away, jerk. Handshake. A lot of great lines in it, um, and uh, I'll just I'll just leave it there. I know this is a short segment, but uh, I think I think most of what I had to say was in that brief review. And it's just it's just a, it's a fun open. The, the TV movie I think is is very good, and I think this is a darn good opening episode. Now I know that the ratings for the show were in the toilet, and it, it's only what has it got? Another four or five episodes before it goes off air, but we have another ten after this, so that's fun. So thanks for listening, to this everyone. Next time we're gonna go—I forget what's next time. I think it's—is it the Minotaur or something? It's the one with um, Ross Martin and the—and uh, his very own war machine robot. So we'll, we'll get to that. But um, but now I want you to welcome back a friend of ours. We haven't heard from her for a while, well at least the last episode. This would be the great Kristen Hawes. We'll be discussing episode twenty, the penultimate episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey. Listen to this. <laughs> Tales of the Gold Monkey, Episode Two. Twenty. A Distant Sound of Thunder, directed by James Fargo, written by Tom Green and George Geiger, uh, April 8th, 1983. I actually think the, um, uh, the the description on Wikipedia sums it up pretty good. Sarah is used as a scapegoat by a revolutionary named Lucian, who accuses her of removing a statue from sacred ground. Oh, boy. And he sort of portends the apocalypse, and oddly enough, the thing's he's portending start to sort of happen and things go crazy but kristen and i dive into that pretty heavily so let me give you a little um burst of something and uh we're on the other side a distant sound of thunder episode 20 I believe, the penultimate episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey uh, This chat, as all this episode, is dedicated to uh, sweet George the dog Who um, who went to doggy heaven a few days before we're recording this And um, uh, maybe he's up there with uh, with Jack I presume Jack has probably passed on Because was, this was 40 years ago So unless he's a very, very old dog eh. But anyway, I'm here with the great Kristen Hose Kristen, how are you?
2: I am keeping George and Jack in my thoughts.
0: How are you, Dan? Oh, I'm do I'm doing okay. I'm uh you, you know, you get a little 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 sad, but um excited to talk about this episode cuz we are getting near the end of Gold Monkey and I'm I'm going to dive right in. What did you think of this?
2: Um What did you think of this, Dan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um it's you, you know what um it's 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 an interesting episode. You know what I really liked about it? I liked the fact that it seemed like the island was going down, and when they fly away from it at the end of the episode, I thought, oh my gosh, the next episode they're going to be in a different place, and it's going to be something like the the island was wiped out. But no, it's not. Uh, it's um it's 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 a it's a tricky episode because it it does that thing where. It has Lucien, the um, the guy, the the native guy who's who's um, who's unhappy with all the the white people who are on his island, but he's presented as kind of crazy and the only one who dresses almost like in a suit kind of thing, not quite. And they they do that weird thing where Lucien's kind of kind of crazy, and and uh, all the portents and everything seem to match up with what he's saying, and everyone on the island joins him, and they're going to throw what's her name <laughs> into the volcano why did i suddenly blank out of everyone's name right sarah. yes yes sarah so they're going to throw sarah into the volcano and then they have this this and 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 they have this weird moment at the end where um after all this has happened they basically say you know what we really shouldn't be here he was right or something like that so it's one of those weird episodes where the politics of it are odd but there are a few moments that are certainly effective um, the volcano coming down is is nice, and, and the scenes where she's she's on the edge and it looks like she might go into the volcano, and and there's some, some some moments I like. But I'm um I was hoping I I almost wish this was the last episode of the season. They had kind of destroyed the island, and they had to kind of go away from it. But it's it's an episode that um it's it's iffy. I was hoping you'd say what you thought of it first, because I'm I'm kind of on the fence with it because I I. I thought it it has a nice doom feel to it, but at the same time I was a little confused about sort of the politics of it. Um, but then, but then they did keep calling the idol Pele, and all I could think of was the soccer player. So it's 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 an it's an interesting episode that um, I I honestly don't know I I there are some moments I liked and it was I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna give it a, a half and half thumbs up on it because I'm unsure exactly. It, I, I felt like if you're going to go, if you go all the way if you're going to do it. But kind of the way they did it was sort of like they half-assed it a bit, and I wasn't so thrilled with that. But What did, what did you think of it? Uh, I mean,
2: you go first because I really don't care for it.
0: Oh, okay, all right. You, I let not right. to
2: sway you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually hoping you would make me feel, make me like it a little better, because you can do that for me. But, um. Yeah. Why is everyone in this episode so damned annoying? Why? <laughs> it starts off with Sarah. Why is she acting like this? Like yes. it's one of those episodes where everybody has to be slightly out of character in order for the episode to work. Mm-hmm. And if you have to write an episode like that, then don't write that episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly.
2: It was just everything was off. Because Maybe she's that's why
1: Yeah.
2: all yeah. like a mini the whole time <laughs> yes, about yeah. and she's freaked out about the solar eclipse and Jake's being dismissible he is and it's just everything's like off and and then so you have Lucian and Lucian makes some very valid points about um, imperialization, colonization um, desecration of sacred places Jill, I'm with you dude except you need to be less annoying because it. Jake insinuates or outright says that he's basically being an opportunist using yeah. these old superstitions and old beliefs um, to try to get the white people out of the islands, which, you know, whatever, fine. But he's, like, so snake oil salesman about it, like <laughs> fire brimstone reverend type
0: mm-hmm.
2: thing about Pele, and it just... It's... Sir.
0: It almost, you it... know... It almost felt like it was like a like a script for a different show or something.
2: Well, if you look at the trivia, they said it was – the idea came from another movie. Oh, and I can't remember what the one. movie was. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, well, they shouldn't have. Um, because, <laughs> this, because it's one of those things, too, where it's like, like I get the idea of them um, using manipulation on people mm-hmm. to get your way. I mean, religion is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's set with the um, the indigenous people and they are so frequently portrayed as being superstitious and backwards and that sort of thing, it just kind of makes them look really badly yeah. <laughs> that they're uh, yeah, so, so e- yeah. easily able to influence. Brand, um what's his name? Um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of his name.
0: The main, the main uh, guy, then. The,
2: the other guy. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I forgot.
2: Oh, Come Richmond.
0: Yes, That's yes. Who it yes. Was.
2: They influenced him to help Chuck Sarah into a volcano. Yeah. And then it's just I would have rather watched Corky and Gushy and the Reverend chase frogs.
0: Yeah, that the, was fun in the bar. Mm-hmm. There, for there is
2: forty-seven minutes.
0: Yeah, there, there is. I think. <laughs> Like I said, there, there was something as I watched the episode that I, I liked the doom of it. I thought it had a nice doom feeling, but I, I think I actually I actually wrote down, and I don't know why I don't look at my notes more often. One of my first notes is, "What's up with Sarah?" Yeah, that's
2: and my that, very first note too. Why is Sarah being so weird?
0: <laughs> yes, and there, there there are it's it's it is it is weirdly written too because there are moments like. Like as everything's falling apart around them and the and the lava is approaching, you know, the one gal goes up to the, the, the Nazi priest there and let's have a blessing and he's like, Oh, okay. I thought what are you doing? What are you where are you gonna do that? Your church is in ruins there. What what are you what are you gonna do? I I don't get it. There, it's it's almost like someone didn't tell someone else what that meant. Yeah. You know, you're gonna need a little cover for that. I think it might give the game away if you if you just go hit, hit the ground right there. And two, what what about what about um, uh, Jake and Sarah or, or J- Jake and Sarah, uh, uh, kissing? Didn't that yeah. seem a little did that seem a little weird or or just that seemed like out of it? it just
2: no, all of it seemed out of place.
0: Okay, it's so funny. I agree but, with what... you
2: though. I do like the doom of the episode. And if they should have they should have just had an episode about. Uh, impure, impending volcanic doom, yes. and not thrown in the rest of that stuff because the doom part was except for the fact that everybody because they have this whole Lucian running his mouth thing, they dismissed like every obvious sign that there's yes. going to be a volcanic eruption. Mm-hmm. That the toads are fleeing, the bo- the, the birds the, are the gone, animals are quiet, the birds are gone. <laughs> do, do you pay attention to anything? Yes. There's no TV there. What? What has distracted yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like, what else
0: are you doing?
2: The you know the earthquake, the ground opening up with the smoke. That is all like volcanic doom. Yeah. In you know signs and the fact that they live on an island with a volcano, even though they said it hasn't been active in in living memory, mm-hmm. you would still think, oh hey yeah, we are living next to magma.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe
2: yes. this is related. <laughs> but nobody thinks that until it starts to erupt. Yeah, it's it's
0: it's it. Yeah, it's. I I think it could be like like when I was watching it, I like I said, I I felt I felt the doom and I liked the doom and I got where Lucian was coming from, but I also thought there was something about him that was a little off and there was something about the episode that was a little off to me. And as you're saying it, and as I have it playing here, that's what's off. Is every and and I, I should have. I should have gone from the Sarah. Everybody is all, written like weirdly, like mm-hmm. every everything's a little bit odd. I mean, like when Jack has the meal, you know, he prepares the meal for Sarah. You know, that's that's fine. That's the sort of thing he 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 do for her. But then when they start like smooching and stuff, I thought, I I don't know. That doesn't. I feel like we're going to forget that happened in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And we probably shouldn't. Didn't that happen in the first, the pilot TV movie? Oh, it's happened
2: multiple it? episodes oh, okay. that they've kissed in one episode, and then it was like they never kissed in the next episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you can't
2: a, tie uh, Jake down, or else he won't be able to kiss religious other ladies.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. He won't be able to go off and kiss other ladies, and Pamela Susan Shoop and a, as a nun. Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. It's like with it's like with BJ and the Bear when they introduced the Seven Lady Truckers. They suddenly realized um, that that worked for him in the third season. They suddenly realized that he can't have a romance with any of them because then they can't introduce another lady to come in every episode for him to have a romance with. So suddenly you get seven lady truckers and another lady in every single episode, and it gets so overcrowded. It's hilarious, and it's clear no one knows what to do, but that's another podcast. That's my BJ-verse podcast. Again, (laughs) not a porno podcast. It's a podcast about a good TV show and a trucker and a chimp. That sounds like a porno podcast. I apologize, but I know. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's a weird episode because the first time I watched it, I remember thinking, boy, this is a little rough. They're going to throw her into the lava. <laughs> that seems a little unpleasant. And then when it ends and they have that moment where they're like, but you know, Lucien, he was, really, he's kind of right. I thought, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. It, it was funny. I was sort of looking at it from the point of view of that they have a guy who's, Technically, kind of right there that these white people have shown up and taken over everything and put in this hotel, which is a little tacky and, and everything and stuff like that. And it's their land, but he he is so ju- just the way every time you see him, he's in like that same suit, and he's he's almost dressed like he's gonna Jimmy Swagger it or something like that. I don't know. That's an old reference, folks. I apologize, but that was an '80s reference. Well,
2: this so. is an '80s show, so
0: true. Yes, so but yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting episode because. I I actually didn't listen or look to see that it had been based on something else. I um, but that makes sense now. That makes sense, yeah. and um, and uh, there, there's something too uh, the the weirdness about she she took the idol. She has the idol. Okay, well let's let's clear it up then, right? <laughs> can we not? Wait is there not minute. some? Is there not something we can do? I mean, she says at one point, "I'll give I'll give you back the idol." It's too late now. Too late Get now. out you of
2: here,
0: then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, folks. I mean, it's it's like I said. It's got it's got a nice feeling of doom, and it, it's funny because they use shots of like the uh, the docks during like rainy moments when it's overcast, and they've used that in episodes before that have been more lighthearted. And when we've seen that, we thought, oh, it's raining. But in this one, it feels more doom-like. Now, I will say that there is a weird moment where. The, the lava's coming down and they have to evacuate the island and I think it goes to commercial break and then when it comes back from the commercial break I, the first thought I had was why are they showing these random stock shots of people leaving an island and then I thought oh this is part of the episode I'm confused I thought maybe they were watching footage of some, because there's some very obvious mm-hmm. stock shots yes. That have that you yeah. t- that you could tell because they always they always have a decent amount of extras wandering around, but this is like forty or fifty people like going like uh, walking along the shore, and you're like, yeah, and um, and maybe someone should have cleaned the film off. Before they put it in here, because that that film look, <laughs> <laughs> looks like it's been it's been sitting in like the Munsters' house or something like that, because it was covered with hairs and dust and junk, and it's like, oh yeah, they would have. If this was a Blu-ray, they would have cleaned it up to try to make it look yeah. a little better. But it's it's very obvious a stock shot here. Um, yeah. Uh, the
2: the movie because um, this came from the DVD commentary. Oh, okay. Um. Okay, now this is somebody else saying it came from the DVD commentary I still haven't listened to the commentary it distracts me um, yeah same but the same, movie yeah. was The Devil at 4 o'clock from 1961 oh, and it's fair. got Spencer Tracy and Frank Sinatra oh. in it
0: oh uh, okay Sinatra plays the Sarah, Sarah character
2: <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> um, it's a <laughs> A crusty, eccentric priest recruits three reluctant convicts to help him rescue a children's leper colony from a Pacific island menaced by a smoldering volcano.
0: Okay, so they added the in, Probably. Yeah. Probably. So oh, that's too bad.
2: He's like... I, I don't know what inspiration he took outside of the volcano and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually, that's... Jake does fly people out of the volcano? Yes. Of the, of the island? But I don't know I didn't watch that movie so I can't answer
0: Yeah I did. and <laughs> um, I didn't listen to co- to the episode. Yeah I, I didn't listen to the commentary Because I think the last time I listened to it It sort of colored my thoughts on the episode So I, I tried not to Because I'd never seen it If I'd seen it before I would have listened But this is my first time watching Oh I'm watching some of the footage now Maybe it's footage from the Oh no. Oh no Are you still there Are you still there
2: just cut out you
0: cut out for a minute okay yeah i I think it's going to keep doing that so so i guess we'll um we'll talk a little faster no that won't help (laughs) um uh, um i think it may may do that randomly uh uh, so so i'm just when i see that happen i'm just gonna if i'm talking i'm just gonna keep talking and we'll see what happens as long as we're still recording we're still recording so um uh yeah i I Yeah, I wish I'd, I'd listen to that commentary now, kind of, to to see what they did, because I think they, they overdo it. I, I think an episode... would have been fun just to have an episode where everything's going normally, and then just some weird stuff starts to happen, and then, like, halfway through it, the volcano starts to erupt, and the second half becomes, like, a disaster film? Yeah. I, I see, yeah,
2: be... I think if it, if they just kept it straight up, volcano is erupting, we need to get everybody off the island, and it becomes that... Yeah. Um, ...that... that was that a logic problem of how do you get the grain, the duck, and the wolf across the,
0: yes. floor, the mm-hmm. river? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: would, yeah, totally, I'm in it to win it. I would absolutely love that because I love disaster movie stuff anyway. Me too,
0: so yeah, yeah.
2: I would be all in, but the way that it was, I, no, it's, thank you, but no.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it. but by adding the lucha, to, it kind of, um, it kind of takes some of the fun away from it. Yeah, yeah, uh, this be- could
2: have been a really fun episode. A adventure disaster episode, and it was mm-hmm. no fun.
0: Yeah, that was which was too bad because every time Lucian showed up, it was like, oh gosh, now I want to jump. I want to jump in a active <laughs> volcano. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it was it was it was weird. I wonder what made them what made them think, hey, we're going to take this idea, but then we're going to add this sort of crazy guy who is uh, thinks he's <laughs> like some kind of messiah for the people but really he could be a jerk yeah. and he's, well, he's and and we're sure. gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a few scenes Part, we're gonna do a few scenes that maybe we can't really afford to do
2: no no I'm just thinking if you wanna if you wanted to spoil the end you could basically say that he- yeah his death was death by his own hype believing his own hype.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because
2: there's there, they jake thinks that he's being an opportunist but by the end of it i guess he believes his own hype and that's what leads to his death and it's like yes so death by own hype
0: yes exactly and, and i I I, hype. I I will say this the moment when when he they don't show him falling in the lava or anything but he kind of gets engulfed by smoke and you're like eh. and i thought boy that would be awful wouldn't it the Fallen Lava. You know what? A, a favorite film of mine, forgive me, folks, if you don't like this film, is Joe vs. the Volcano. Mm-hmm. I love Joe vs. the Volcano. And the ending of that, spoiler, when they jump into the volcano, as much as you love the characters and everything, you think, please don't go into lava and die.
2: I think it would be quick.
0: I think it would be very quick. I I, th- I think it would be quick. Because so hot. I, uh... Lava's so I mean, you burst into flames, probably, like, the moment you hit it. Like mm-hmm. even before you were engulfed you'd probably explode into flames and, and your body would probably go like that. I don't want to die in lava.
2: <laughs> well, that is why when we were kids we played the floor <sighs> as lava, yeah, lava so game. we were yes. trained not to die in lava. Yes,
0: yes, that's what we do. And we had when they put in the big playground at St. Margaret Mary School we used to pretend the gravel was lava. And we had to stay on all the um, mm-hmm. forts and things and stuff. Ah, uh, the good old lava game. If only we knew. If <laughs> yeah, only if only. If only we knew. Um, so what else do you have about this one? I think I I cuz I I I think I think we you you your your thoughts on it really kind of I think kind of nail it in that it it, it feels wrong. It feels like someone who didn't know the show wrote the or maybe someone who was given the wrong the incorrect character synopsis. Yeah. Or something.
2: Well, there is one point that I like. Well, there's a few random bits that I liked throughout the episode. The monkey stick motto was great.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> obviously it was all part of the, you know, oh no,
0: the ten, to get yeah, his but, yeah. mm-hmm.
2: but the fact that Louie in a very serious voice, when the blood was... Coming out of the the monkey the monkey statue, and he's like monkey. He said stigmata in a very serious voice, and I was like, "Yes, monkey stigmata." They wrote about that in the Bible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I, what I was actually going to do at that point was I was going to look up stigmata to see if that was actually correct. Just something ble- is, is a stigmata just something bleeding that shouldn't be, or is it—is it a
2: I more think specific? It's- I think it's more specific. Cause I think the stigmata is supposed to be from the um, wounds of Christ. I think. Oh, specifically.
0: Okay, I think yeah.
2: it's, I think now I'm not religious, and I only did a small, short bit of time in uh, a church in the Church of the Nazarene, so I don't know <laughs> if, like for 100. percent Mm -hmm. But
0: I think that's what it is. Okay, so the actual word comes... Yeah, okay. All right.
2: But I'm not opposed to Monkey Stigmata.
0: I like Monkey Stigmata Is Monkey Stigmata... It was sort of like a a post-punk band. Uh, They were... They were from Scotland. They they only put out two albums. They were very good. They They were were very very good. good. Um, Yeah, I... uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, the the fun thing with the episode is that um, it is kind of unlike the other episodes, and that it feels mm-hmm. so odd. So we can appreciate and applaud that, but then we're also at the end of the series, more or less. And I would have preferred an episode that was more felt like a gold monkey episode rather than a, a cold the fun monkey
2: adventure shenanigans.
0: Yes, exactly. With the, with the fun that we love, this this one's a little too. Um,
2: you,
0: you can you, I love it like, I, I like you I love a disaster film and you can bring in the doom and you can have fun with it but this when you add the Lucian character to the, to the doom it just makes it too doomy yeah
2: it's way too doomy
0: yeah and, and like when they're trying to get um, like Sarah to drink that yellow liquid or whatever it is yeah. I, I expected Lucian at one point to say that's not my pee <laughs> that's the pee of a holy man <laughs> That's a, it's hallucinogenic pee. It's
2: hallucinogenic pee.
0: Gamer. Thank <laughs> you. So it's like, I take the hallucinogenics and then I pee it out and then you drink it and you enjoy. And, it's
2: a... <laughs> and
0: you enjoy and you think lava is water. Yes, exactly. And, and, and it's evil. <laughs> and it's funny because like the way she acts in the end when she's drugged isn't too far from the way she's acting in the beginning when she's acting weird around the eclipse. Like putting her hand over her face I thought what are you doing like, what? so maybe
2: she's Do- been like chugging that tea that
0: hallucinogenic maybe. tea all
2: through the
0: uh, hallucinogenic PT. tea <laughs> the, the um, doesn't Jack say something to her like when they're on the dock and they're walking up from returning from wherever the eclipse was doesn't he say to her something like you goofy girl or something doesn't he say something really condescending to her on there I meant to write it down but I did not mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have sworn I, I'm gonna maybe, maybe I'll find out and say it in the in the um, the closing for the episode. But I could have sworn he says something like really like, oh you girl, with your things that girls do. Little he girl. doesn't quite say that. Does he say that? Something like that. Yeah,
2: it's something like you're acting like a little girl. I think is what he so, said. So,
0: yeah, and it's like I would, is that something he's, I guess that might be something he says. I don't know. It's just it seemed a little weird to me. I guess and then that strange scene where Corky spends like two minutes with some little kid going brruh, yes brruh. and I thought where are we what's happening right and here a, <laughs> Is that it, was the highlight of the episode truly Th- that was <laughs> kind of was I thought oh he met the little German boy who just goes at him but then I don't know if he was German when his dad showed up his dad was sort of Grizzly Adams-esque uh, so what 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 else do you have what else do you have on this i think I think i'm actually i think I've actually covered all I have i don't, I have one big note here frog's legs what do they yes. do with the rest of the frog
2: i I think they use that in another dish
0: oh okay I was gonna say like you That's you just always not hear, as popular you always hear like when when they're after Kermit in the Muppet movie for frog's legs, they never say like <laughs> we're doing a frog's heads too or something like that
2: no. Oh, I, don't, I just think the rest of the frog isn't as popular.
0: Okay, you would think it would more oh. or less. Would it? Would it? I don't know. I was going to say, would it kind of taste the same? I mean, like if you if you eat my arm or you eat my leg, that's pretty much I'm tasting the same, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't, I would, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't eat amphibians on the uh, regular
0: basis. Uh, on a regular I basis, I don't either, and I've I've never had frogs legs, so so I can't. I have I can't.
2: not either, but my youngest niece loves them.
0: Oh, really? She's just going to yeah. bet like pork rinds, bag of frog's legs?
2: We would go to a, it's a, a buffet, the Imperial Buffet, so it's got a mix of Japanese, Chinese, and American food, and it had frog's legs. And she's willing to try anything, and oh. she loved them.
0: Oh, wow. Well, there you and go.
2: I, and she goes, and Kiki, do you want some? And I said, absolutely not. I'm not eating Kermit. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I can't do that. But you'll eat Miss Piggy.
2: yes.
1: <laughs> I will. Of course,
0: of course, because he could be annoying, it, it? and I, I need Gonzo too if I knew what he was. <laughs> so, so what, what else do you have on this? Any trivia or any, any final thoughts? I mean, my final thought is it's a weird one, Mister Grinch.
2: A, it is. Um, I just have one thing I want to point out, and then I just have a little bit of trivia. So, the one thing I did want to point out is that Jake, when they take Sarah to sacrifice her at the volcano. Um, Jake says, okay, I'm going to go save her, and the guys are really put out, and they're like, well, we're going with you. We like Sarah, too. You don't always have to go do things by yourself, (laughs) and I'm like, that's right, Corky, call him out, so everybody but Gushy goes, because Gushy can only go as far as the end of the porch, and then they get to the, they had to cross lava, and the lava breaks up so only Jake can get across, so they still can't, they end up not being able to go, but I'm like, thank you for at least calling him out. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do have a little bit of trivia. Um, the little girl, uh, Tiki, is what she was billed as. Her name's Elizabeth Lindsay. She was asked. She was the one who asked Willie about blessings. Um, mm-hmm. She was in an episode of Magnum P.I. called Lest We Forget. And as I said, Branscombe, uh, Richmond, who I love, he's been in many things. But he was in five episodes of Magnum P.I., including oh the pilot. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the father and son... Um, Hmm. the Grizzly Adams-esque. That was Donald Belisario and his son, Michael.
0: Whoa! I didn't know that. Oh, that's... (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's uh, Yeah, and his son probably wasn't in SAG, so he couldn't say a word, but he could just make noises. Maybe that's
2: all the lines he needed to know.
0: Yes. That's all he he needs to know.
2: He and Corky had an excellent conversation, so...
0: That was fun. That was fun it was it was yeah. a fun it was a fun moment the, and uh jake was there with the little horse on wheels and it was it was yes. uh, it was almost like without stolen
2: from somebody
0: yeah it was weird like at that moment it's like now what episode are we in what's happening now <laughs> it's uh you know at, at the at the end of the day watching the show like i said watching the show all the way through uh pardon me um You know, this isn't a favorite of mine. But uh, who knows? Maybe if I watch this again years from now, I'll watch it and suddenly it'll it'll be like, this is what I wanted the show to be. I love this so much. And then Lucien will return as a ghost in the next season. Ooh, Lucien is in my thoughts in that same suit. You got you got one suit, you wear it over and over again. So that is uh, Distant Sound of Thunder, the penultimate episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey. And, Kristen, where can we find you online?
2: Find me at a.k.a. KikiWrites.com. It is the home of my podcast, Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. Yay. You can also find me at my blog, KikiWritesabout.com. And as of right now, you can still find me rambling away on Twitter at KikiWrites.
0: Excelente, and uh, that's the end of this, folks. And actually, that's the end of uh, our episode here. We're gonna I'm gonna play a little music, and then you're gonna hear me talk some more. Look forward to it. It's gonna be awesome. Here we go. Bah, bah. That's the end of the episode, everyone. Again, thank you for listening. And next time, yeah, we'll continue uh, fresh with Luke and, and fresh with Gemini Man and the last episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey. Let's see. uh, Adventuresupertrain.blogspot.com is the blog. We're on Facebook at Adventuresupertrain, at eSupertrain1, over on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. You can email me at dannyslacks at yahoo.com if you're you're feeling like you'd you'd like to do that, or you can leave a comment at the blog. But be good to yourselves, everyone, and and, um, be your best this year. I will do my best to do the same. Talk to you soon, you guys. Listen to this on the way out.